1: Good
2: afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, February 21st edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Field and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Point Frisaline, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here on this edition of the Sports Mix. We're produced on the TV10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. Let's uh. Let's get into it. Tonight uh, begins girls' high school hoops playoff sectional action beginning tonight. And you can tune in to Section 1's semifinal right here on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. And it all begins with number 3 Hedgesville at number 2 Martinsburg. The winner of that game will take on Spring Mills. We'll first talk. That game will be Thursday, which we'll also have for you. We'll talk about uh, this matchup tonight, Colin, at... It was a game, or it's a matchup in which Martinsburg has swept the season series so far, and uh, Hedgesville is obviously in its rebuilding season, but you never know what can happen when the playoffs hit.
3: Yeah, that is true. We've seen a few times um, some upsets, but that's typically on the uh, boys' side. I I don't upset tonight. I'd love to see some fight from Hedgesville uh, because obviously you, you don't want it to be your last game of the season, but. The way that uh, Martinsburg has performed against Hedgesville this year, with a 40-plus win or 40-plus point wins each time, I, I kind of expect the uh, trend to continue tonight at home for Martinsburg, and then they get a shot at uh, Spring Mills, who's a whole another uh, beast in itself, but. I'm looking forward to just seeing how both teams perform. We know it's the playoffs, so will things change? Will anybody uh, really want to step up to the challenge and surprise us? I don't think we'll see any surprises in Section 1, but Section 2 we could.
4: Yeah, I mean, you never know. As we talked about before, the regular season obviously doesn't really mean all that much besides now, obviously they got rid of the voting, so it does mean a little bit. Uh, in terms of where your standings are going to be, you know, where you're going to be playing. But, um, you know, in terms of a potential upset, I I think there's not a great chance that we would see Hedgesville knock off um, Martinsburg here tonight, but it's possible. Uh, Now, in terms of, I guess, this game tonight and what – I think could be some keys. I think Hedgesville's got to obviously do a better job of taking care of the basketball, which has really been what's held them back all year. More turnovers than points throughout the season. So if you can do a better job of that, um, that would really help out the Eagles. But winning tonight would be a big challenge. But this Martinsburg team isn't necessarily, you know, an unbeatable team for Hedgesville, but just Hedgesville hasn't really shown any sign of being a team that you would think would knock off the Bulldogs here tonight so um, I think Martinsburg wins but maybe Hedgesville shows a little bit more fight shows a more competitive game uh, than what we've seen from them so far and like we said before you know in these single elimination tournaments the most talented team doesn't always win uh, because of the fact that one game you're done so you know if you just come out and just have one bad game it could uh, be a loss but in section one it does look like that the differences between the three teams is so significant that it's hard to see that even happening because the difference between Spring Mills and Martinsburg is almost as big as if not bigger than the difference between Martinsburg and Hedgesville and there's obviously a big difference I think between those two teams this year so uh it it should play out pretty chalk in section one in section two though we have all this you know kind of debate over who really is the best team over there it looks like Washington but at well, times think it's, it's looked Jefferson. like Jefferson, and at times it's even looked like Musselman this year. So, I mean, I think that is where we will see potentially an upset in the first round and potentially an upset in the second round as well. I mean, the, those games are going to be pretty close, I would think.
2: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned section two. Uh, number two, Jefferson tonight, host number three, Musselman. That game at 7 p.m. The winner of that game will take on number one, Washington, on Thursday. In Charlestown at 7 p.m. But, Nick, uh, Colin, we'll now uh, get your thoughts on Section Two semifinal matchup.
3: I, I don't know what to expect, and that brings a lot of excitement to Section 2 because Musselman and Jefferson split the regular season meetings. We know that Jefferson and Washington split regular season meetings as well. And then Musselman lost both times to Washington – but yet, at any point, you could see an upset, and Musselman maybe become a section champion. Washington gets the job done as the one seed and goes to the team that we expected them to be at the beginning of the season and be a state tournament team, or Jefferson, because we know they have the uh, size and some star power, even though it has been a inconsistent year for them, could explode here and be a team that makes it and gets to be the... Section champion because the, the goal obviously is that sectional championship, right? You don't want to be the runner up, even though you get a shot at regionals. You have to go play Spring Mills, and nobody in this area has come close to really touching Spring Mills and knocking. So if you get the championship, you get the host, most likely Martinsburg. And even then, it's not an easy task for any of those three teams because all three teams split with Martinsburg.
4: I think Washington has the best player in Section 2 in Mary Rivera, which might be enough to get them past what is a pretty competitive ch- pretty con- pretty competitive, section, couldn't get my words out there, uh, between Jefferson, Washington, and Musselman. But I think Rivera is the best talent in Section 2. Her ta- The talent around her is pretty solid as well. You have good shooting with Lexi Adams and a few other players there that have shown the ability to be secondary scorers and play at a high level. I think Jefferson has a nice big three, uh, but due to some players that have kind of uh, left the team or been injured, whatever the case may be, um, they're down a little bit. I think Brezovic, Jasmine Taylor, and uh, Olivia Hedrick is a nice you know core, but can they play at a high level consistently seems to be an issue. Um, nobody in Section 2 has the height that Olivia Hedrick has, which allows her to be a dominant force down low and have a lot of good games for the Cougars, but can she play at a high level consistently is still kind of a question mark. So I think if Jefferson can get her going, in particular in a game against Washington where Washington really doesn't have that height, maybe they are able to knock off both Muslim and Washington in advance uh, to a regional championship game as a one seed i think there's a possibility for that um now if they were to run into martinsburg martinsburg has the height to match somebody like hedrick uh, which does give them you know a pretty even matchup in Kane's bat bradley uh, versus olivia hedrick down low and it's a very intriguing matchup then if those two teams do meet for regional titles so there's a lot of different ways i see this playing out um from washington's perspective though a team that has been The better team, I think, over there, even though it's just slightly better in Section 2, they need to win the regional, or they need to win the sectional, because you do not want to play Spring Mills for a regional title, because then you might as well just pack up your bags and go home, because you're just not beating the Lady Cardinals. It's just how it is. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there's just too big of a difference there this year compared to last year. Um, So Washington, in in a year where normally if you get the bye, you know that sectional championship doesn't matter that much besides getting a trophy... Uh, but this year when you're trying to, you know, avoid a team like Spring Mills, you need to win the sectional if you're Washington if you want any chance at advancing the states.
2: Yeah, uh, everybody uh, watching on Facebook, you can put in the comments what you think about the slate of games tonight uh, on the girls' side here for sectional play. But it's going to be two great games, I think, uh, tonight. And then sectional finals should be great games as well. And we'll have all of section one for you this week and uh, to be determined kind of where things go next week uh but one boys game in action tonight across the epac uh, i believe only three total games left including the one tonight for boys here in the epac but uh musselman will travel to morgantown to take on university tonight for their finishing their home and home series this season uh we saw earlier in the season the game that uh that uh Musselman got back their best player in Troy Wolston. Uh he was able to play a little bit during that game, wasn't his full self yet, um, back at the end of January, but uh I think maybe a couple weeks and and uh, you know, how the team is gonna respond to that loss to Jefferson could help
4: tonight. They definitely need a good performance after they performance game that just was a really tough loss. And like we said though on the broadcast, you know, the way Jefferson shot the ball. Against Musselman, nobody is beating them if they play like that. But the other thing is Musselman had no offensive consistency. They only scored seventeen points and a half, and that's probably not good enough to beat anybody as well. So you know you still didn't play well from your sp- perspective. At least in the first half, second half I think it was a lot better for Musselman. But overall, it just wasn't a great performance. You could use a good performance here against University uh, that you had prior to this loss to Jefferson. But also we know that this Muslim team has had a few injuries as of late. This game doesn't mean that much, so we'll see how Coach Basile and their team elects to play, because I don't know how how, how healthy Gavin McLean and Logan Shelton are, as we know that they got banged up in the Martinsburg game and then uh, didn't play that at all in the Washington game. They did play in the Jefferson game, so depending on their status or maybe some of the status of some of your other guys, maybe things change your approach, but I think it would be important for a Musselman win uh, to keep their confidence, keep them playing at a at a good level heading into an important sectional tournament.
3: I'd expect those guys to play tonight since they played against Jefferson. and It, it is a bounce-back game even though it's not a conference game. You need that confidence back after the performance that you had against Jefferson because it ultimately seemed like Musselman didn't show up. Obviously, I don't want to be too tough on them, but the way they played was nothing like you have seen late in this magic stretch by Musselman, so if they're able to get back out there compete and get a road win against University, it it puts the confidence back in them and it puts the confidence back in media members and the fan base in this Musselman team that they can be a competitive team in sectionals next week.
2: Yeah, that's a good point you make there. Uh, Before we... uh Close out this segment. Get your thoughts on, uh, I guess, just make a prediction. Who are the teams going to States and Girls Basketball here from the EPAC as we begin kind of your predictions before the playoffs begin? I think, I think one is, is a one, consensus though. number one for everybody is obviously Spring Mills. But so. who is the other team making it out of the EPAC?
3: It's tough to really pick because – in everybody's mind, it's Martinsburg versus one of those three teams from Section 2, and it can be any of those three teams from Section 2. So if you look at Martinsburg against Washington, that that's too tough. I think you pick Washington in that situation just because at home they blew them out, even though at Martinsburg it was early in the season they got a two-point win. So just the differential comparing those, I think you still give the edge to Martinsburg. Then you look at Jefferson against Martinsburg. Those two games were both super competitive, so I'd expect it to be a coin flip game on that end as well. And then if it's Martinsburg-Musselman, it's probably a coin flip as well, but the first time they played, I believe it was a double-digit win for Musselman and then a four-point win for Martinsburg the last time here late in the season. So if you're Martinsburg, I feel like you want Jefferson- And then not Washington, maybe Musselman in that scenario. Just to go down that. And from there, it just depends on who performs that night.
2: you got to pick a team, though, Colin. I'm going Washington. I'm
3: going Washington. I'm
2: going Jefferson. I think Jefferson is going to be able to um, beat Washington at home like they just did last week, I believe. It was just maybe the week prior. Uh, But Jefferson did upset Washington. I guess it was – I don't know how you describe it but they did beat Washington at Washington's place uh, in their final matchup of the season. I think Jefferson as the season builds, they've been able to gain more confidence after, you know, coming in looking at the season the start of last of the season at the end of last season they thought, "Oh yeah, we're locked to go back to states and then all kind of the roster fluctuation that's happened." But I think they've got the confidence to head back to Charleston and it'll be the same two teams representing the EPac in region 2. Uh, like we did last, like
4: we- I like what Coach Edwards is building at Washington High School. I think they get it done. I think they make the run. Uh, but it's gonna be very tough. And for me, I think you kind of eliminate Mussman from the equation just because uh, while they have been a tough team all year uh, and they've battled and they've pulled off a few upsets here and there. I don't think they knock off Jefferson tonight. I think it's a close game, but I think Jefferson takes care of business. I just can't really see Musselman getting through both Jefferson and Washington to have a chance at Martinsburg. Um, but if it comes down to Jefferson-Martinsburg, I mean, like Colin said, that's a coin flip, so I think that would be – It comes probably, down
3: to which do you like more? Do you like shooters more or do you like size more? Yeah. that That's the difference between Washington and then even for both Jefferson and Martinsburg.
4: Yeah, I think that that's a that would be the best game. I think if we got that one for a regional championship, but Jefferson I mean, Martinsburg. Yeah, because it's been so even all year, uh, and those two teams have built now you know a really good rivalry. It'd be fun to see a third matchup between them. But I'm going to trust Washington. I'm going to co- trust Coach Edwards to get it done. Uh, and also, I think Mary Rivera. Like I said, I think she's the best player in that section. Uh, which is what you would give the slight edge to Washington. Because I think when it comes to the playoffs, your star players are, are what's the difference for teams. And then this goes at every level in basketball. Um, star players make the difference in the big games. Can Rivero do that and be the difference maker for Washington? But, you know, another thing is, though, Catch Edwards is in his first year, you know, so maybe – Yeah, but he inherited a great team. Yeah, he did. And he's done a good job, I think, with this team for the most part. Well, you really like what he's building out there. I do. I do like what he's building at Washington High School. But uh, Damon Smith, he has that experience of getting his team into the state tournament. So that could play a little bit of a factor i mean he's the most experienced coach out of those kind of three coach fitzpatrick coach edwards and coach smith so maybe you do go jefferson but i'm going to go with washington well my selection is jefferson your selection is
2: washington i said you guys gotta agree on something i guess i right? mean
4: i could go martinsburg i thought
2: about picking it, martinsburg it's but it's just a bold pick what about musselman you're not giving musselman any love i'm not giving I'm not much coach ad elliot I, like, I like i like what it, they've yeah.
4: done i like how they've battled all year I just don't think they have enough firepower to make a run where they would get through both Jefferson, Washington. Because, remember, they have to beat Washington to have a legitimate shot because yeah. they're not beating spring medals.
2: Yeah, that's a good good uh, point you make there. This segment will wrap things up here for this first segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford and Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk West Virginia basketball. They get back in the win column last night with a good victory. Plus, a USFL draft is today. Will some Shepard players be drafted? We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two
1: minutes.
5: When you're looking for the perfect gift, look no further than L.A. Roberts Jewelers at 146 North Queen Street in downtown Martinsburg. Choose from a huge selection of unique items from the finest diamonds that make your eyes sparkle to exquisite timepieces, figurines, and collectibles. Buying from L.A. Roberts Jewelers means that you've made the decision to do business with people who've excelled in the industry for more than 100 years. They'll be here tomorrow when you need them, and if you need your jewelry or your watch repaired, they'll do that too. L.A. Roberts in downtown Martinsburg, old world jewelers for a new age.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer Nick and Colin, happy to have you with us here. And uh, Colin, a little happier today than he was yesterday for the past couple days because WVU gets a double digit win and 19 and 18 point victory. Excuse me, last night over Oklahoma State 85-67. And that first half they really <clears throat> excuse me. Really put it to him. A 19-point lead headed into halftime for the Mountaineers.
3: Yeah, solid performance all around to put your trust back in West Virginia to be uh, dancing in March, and that's a win that you need before these two huge road tests and those two games. I don't expect much from the Mountaineers. you got Kansas and Iowa State, but last night the way that uh, they were able to Force turnovers, limit turnovers themselves, and even in a very emotional game where you saw a scuffle late in that second half and had a player thrown out because of it, uh, WVU cooler heads prevailed, and they were still able to thwart a almost comeback. I think they got it to uh, within 15 or maybe 12 at the 10-minute mark in the second half was Oklahoma State, but nothing closer than that. So West Virginia getting a much-needed win, against a uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys team that right now is pretty safe in the uh, March Madness bracket so a win against them solid
4: Not sure why Oklahoma State is safe because they've certainly been trending in the wrong direction as of late uh, like I said yesterday on the show they just had a 25 point loss to TCU and then this loss to WVU Uh, not being very close gives me some concerns if I were you know, part of the committee, but obviously I'm not. So, uh, you know, I'm not voting on who's going into the tournament or whatever. So uh, for WVU, though, I think we talked about it yesterday, and this was a must-win game. And I think the fact that they won and won easily is a really good sign for this team moving forward as Oklahoma State is still a quality record. They're a Big 12 team, so it's a good win uh, for the Mountaineers. But can they get this kind of consistency going? Eric Stevenson had a really good night. Uh, He's been really their best player, but sometimes he doesn't have the best games. So they need him to be really, I think, down the stretch here, a 15- to 25-point guy uh, in almost every game. Because when he's scoring at that rate, then they usually win. But when he's having kind of an off night, then they tend to lose. So he's he's the key I think for WV. I mean, they have other guys that they need more consistency from because overall as a team they just haven't been very consistent, but Stevenson is their best player in my opinion. And, 23
2: uh, points last know. night, 5 boards for Trey Mitchell, 22 points, 3 boards, and then 12 points for Kadrian Johnson, 2 rebounds. Emmett Matthews with 9 points, Jimmy Bell only 4 points, Joe Toussaint 3 points. Uh but, uh, yeah, Nick, you mentioned there with the consistency from guys like Eric Stevenson. I think, you know, if you want to continue to play well, you're going to need Emmett Matthews to be a solid double-digit scorer as well.
4: Yeah. I think also, though, like we said, I think what would be needed here to lock up a spot in the tournament is at least one win in your next three games, in my opinion, against these ranked opponents that you're playing in Kansas, Iowa, State, and TCU. K State, I'm sorry, Kansas State. I knew it was a purple team, but um uh, you know, and Kansas State's the only one at home. At home. Yeah. So that, a that's the final tough. game of the year. But you did knock off Iowa State earlier, so <laughs> Yeah. And you started a year against Kansas State, correct? And it was a close loss early in the season.
3: Yeah, that was the uh overtime game, I believe. Yeah,
4: so I mean it's a winnable game, but I think you need at least one of those. All right. two would put you in for sure.
2: Let's hear the Mountaineer report from Tony Creedy and the Mountaineer Sports Network.
0: It was exactly what the Mountaineers needed. West Virginia reeling after last Saturday's loss to Texas Tech came out early and rolled over the Cowboys of Oklahoma State, winning by a final score of 85-67. WVU led at halftime by 19 points and played even with the Cowboys in the second half. WVU shooting the ball well. The Mountaineers finished the game at 44% from the field and hit seven three-pointers, giving them 42% accuracy from behind the line. Free throw shooting, very good, where West Virginia made 20 out of 25. Individually, Eric Stevenson was back to his scoring as he scored a game high 23 points that included 5 out of 6 from three point range. Stevenson also had 5 rebounds and a couple of steals. Trey Mitchell established a new season high scoring 22 points which included 6 out of 7 shooting from the free throw line. He also had 3 rebounds, the other double figure score for WVU. Kedrian Johnson, who finished up with 12 points. West Virginia dominated when it came to points off of turnovers. West Virginia outscoring the Cowboys 28-4 off of turnovers. The WVU defense forcing Oklahoma State into 18 giveaways. You add it all up, and the Mountaineers win it 85-67. Next up for the Mountaineers, Saturday afternoon in Lawrence, Kansas, against the Jayhawks. That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield.
2: That was Tony Caridi. You can hear him Thursday for the Bob Huggins Show. Uh, That will be a little bit on the air before we get into the sectional championship. And then you can hear him Saturday, as you mentioned, as the Big 12 kind of flips their broadcast schedule here towards the end of the year they go from Wednesday Saturdays to Saturday Mondays. What do you think about that, Colin?
3: Give them more time, I guess. I don't know.
2: But then they get it, it that is... one game, they get that one game where they go Wednesday Saturday Monday. That like that's how uh, West Virginia lost to Baylor by 12. They had to play a Wednesday Saturday Monday, but I'm assuming Baylor had to do the same thing. Play Wednesday Saturday Monday, but uh, three games remain for the Mountaineers on the season. Saturday, 4 p.m. at number three, Kansas. You could tune into that right here on Talk Rated WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. 3 p.m. pregame coverage from the Mountaineer Sports Network. Then next Monday, at 9 p.m. at number 23, Iowa State. And then they wrap up the season Saturday, March 4th at home against number 14, Kansas State. And then they'll get into the Big 12 tournament, which we'll have broadcast for you. We don't have any of the obviously the broadcast times yet, but uh, we'll get into that as things get going. But again, once again, you just heard the Mountaineer report from the Mountaineer Sports Network. Let's move on now. USFL draft is in approximately 25 minutes, begins at 1 p.m. today. A few Shepherd players could be selected, Colin.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's an interesting draft. It's the first time that uh, the USFL is doing a college draft and whenever I was doing some research on it uh, their website had that 3,000 guys are possible to be drafted but there's only 80 picks in the draft so less than 3% uh, will be drafted and from there you're still fighting for a roster spot looking at the guys from last year but I'm trying to remember who all declared for the uh, USFL draft from Shepard, I, th- I think it was Ronnie Brown that declared for both the NFL, USFL, and then uh, the—is there another league that is being announced, no. or was it just XFL, potentially, if he's not drafted for the other ones? You would be correct. And then Brian Walker, and I think Solomon Alexander also did all three, so we'll see if uh, their names are— Ronnie Brown— —called today—
2: Ronnie Brown posted, when he posted his graphic. he said, I'm excited to announce that I am entering the 2023 NFL draft.
3: So he just did NFL? Okay.
2: But, again, he could have entered his name in the USFL draft, and we just don't know. Yeah. I believe it was Solomon Alexander.
3: That declared for all three?
2: Yes. Okay. If I remember correctly.
3: I would
4: think so, and I I would think Brian Walker did as well, but I'm not certain about that. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's hard because there's no list of the eligible people or anything like that. But uh, you know, we'll see if any shepherd names get called. And also, I would presume that if you don't get drafted into the NFL, you could potentially find your way on a roster in the USFL at some point in the middle of the season. Because obviously, they're trying to get the most talent possible in that league to make it more appealing. So, you know, if Ronnie and the other guys uh, that we think probably won't be drafted but could potentially still sign with a team i mean who knows that that option's always there for you i think down the line if you don't have it work out in the nfl i think there's a good chance that a guy like ronnie brown would get a training camp invite potentially at least a rookie mini camp invite so you know we'll just have to wait and see but um yeah so that starts pretty soon and Hopefully, if there are Shepard guys eligible, like we think that at least Solomon Alexander is, then we hear their name called.
2: Yeah, DeWan Neal last year got drafted by the New Jersey Generals. He parlayed that into getting invited to the commander's training camp and nearly made the practice squad at least. He was one of the final players cut. Now he's leading after week one the XFL in tackles with eight. Yeah. So, I mean, he's parlayed his football. He's continued his football career after, you know, probably – not thinking he was going to be able to headed into the year of 2022. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, a lot of things can happen. We'll figure things out as we hear them. Uh, but uh, the USFL draft coming up this afternoon at 1 p.m. Uh, stay tuned to social media at WRNR underscore sports mix on Twitter. We'll uh, see what we can find out later this afternoon. Uh, but that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and Designer beddings, Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, and his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL. Derek Carr may be, we may be waiting a while to hear what he's going to decide about his free agency process. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR, 210. back in two minutes.
6: WV Medicine is pleased to announce the relocation of our Berkeley Medical Center outpatient rehabilitation services to 1002 Tavern Road. This move gives Martinsburg Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation more room, more convenient parking, and a covered drive-up dropout. WV Medicine will continue to offer physical, occupational, and speech therapies for both adult and pediatric patients, as well as specialized services. For more info on this new location and services provided there, call 304-264-1214.
1: You're tuned in to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk radio WRNR106.5 FM, AM740 and TV10.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the sports mix on talker to WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick and Colin. Happy to have you with us here. We'll talk some NFL and get into whatever else going on around the, I guess, what, what do you want to call it? The around the big leagues and everything well, world, of sports. world of sports. There we go. I couldn't think of the phrase there. World of sports. That is a good, good phrase there, Colin. Uh, but, uh, thanks ESPN partially. <laughs> Derek Carr, free agency, according to the quarterback's brother. uh, David Carr. David Carr. Derek Carr's um, process in free agency will not be very short, even though we kind of thought it was going to be initially.
4: I mean, it makes sense for a guy like Derek Carr, who's a veteran quarterback, probably trying to find the best fit for him to potentially win a championship, uh, for him to take some time with this process. And we know that the Saints were interested, but even though they met for two days, I don't think he's going to go to New Orleans, and I think that probably isn't the best fit for him. Um, But who will be, right? There's a lot of question marks about, one, who is interested in Derek Carr, and also to kind of go along with that same question, who is, uh, I guess, in a position to move on from their current starting quarterback, and then also, I guess, who is Derek Carr interested in uh, because I think there's a lot of teams that we think maybe about Derek Carr, but we don't know for certain. And uh, the only one that we really know for certain is the Saints. But, like, would the Dolphins be interested in moving on from Tua? Because we know Tua's had these injury issues, and you put Derek Carr in that offense, and it looks like it would be pretty good on paper. We know the Jets probably have interest, because they have interest in Aaron Rodgers, and Carr would be easier to obtain. They wouldn't have to give up any draft capital uh, so that could be a good fit. But also, it's the Jets. I mean, so do you want to go to the Jets is a big question for Carr, I think. Uh, another team is maybe the Giants, because Daniel Jones supposedly wants thirty to $35 million. Is anybody yeah, paying Daniel not. Jones that much money? No. Now, I might do it on a short deal, because it did look like Daniel Jones showed some improvement, yeah. but would you give him a long-term $35 million deal? I don't think anybody would do that. So... You know, now the Giants, the only question mark with them, I think, is that they don't really have the weapons. They have Saquon Barkley. They have Brian Dable, who's clearly a very good coach because of what he did for Allen and what he <laughs> did for Daniel Jones. I mean, he got Daniel Jones to the playoffs. Imagine what he would do for Derek Carr. But the thing is, they don't have any receivers. And, and are they going to be able to attract anybody to the Giants? They tried Kenny Galladay, that was a disaster. So. I don't know if that would be a great fit, but I think those are kind of some teams that I'm thinking about that would be somewhat close to winning a championship and maybe Derek and at least get them to the playoffs. I think if you're the Jets, they're not really close to winning a championship, but they're in a pretty good place uh, with having the rookie of the year on offense and the rookie of the year on defense and having uh, another guy that could have won rookie of the year on offense if he didn't get hurt in Brees Hall. So, I mean, that's a talented team, a young, talented team. Uh, But that's kind of where I'm looking at it. You know, where is the interest for Carr and and who is he interested in? And it makes sense that it would be kind of a long process.
3: And where's the window, right, for a potential Super Bowl? Because out of all those teams that you just listed off, if it's a win-now situation if you want Carr in there, the only one that really jumps out to me is Miami, who still has Tua, so we have no idea which route they're going. Do you take the chance with Carr? Or do you keep Tua, who, when healthy... Was a pretty solid quarterback this year. Yes, we know he's had very gruesome head injuries. You go
4: to Carolina too. I didn't mention them, but
3: I don't feel like they're a. They could be a playoff contender with him. Anybody in that division could be. If you look at Tampa, Carolina, the Falcons, or the Saints, if he goes to any of those, I think whatever team he lands at in that division, he's automatically made them a division leader.
4: If you stay in the AFC, let's see, even if you go to Miami, who has all those weapons, you still got to get past the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Ravens, you know, all these teams that are probably better rosters overall, even though they might have, you know, the weapons. And they have the better quarterbacks, too. Derek Carr's a decent quarterback. I think he's like 11 to 13 range in terms of where you would rank him among the quarterbacks. But is he good enough to get through the AFC I don't think so, especially with all the young, talented quarterbacks that are already in the conference. So if he I goes agree. anywhere, I think he should go to the NFC, realistically. And yeah. he could make a run on a team like the Giants, potentially, if they could get some weapons around him, or but maybe do we, do one we of those think, NFC but South he beat teams he Eagles where, twice? Right, that's the thing. I don't know, but, but do we think Daniel Jones goes back to the Giants? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of money there on the table. I think... They might want to have him back, but I don't think they want to do a long-term deal for Daniel Jones because it's just too much of a risk. So maybe the, I think the NFC South probably it's makes the most spot. sense, yeah. and
3: all those teams ultimately need a quarterback, right? So you got to go there. There's no really other dark horses that I see. I would not go into the AFC unless it be Miami somehow, some way. That that's his best chance at a. Super Bowl with the talent they have, but at the same time, I I don't know if they can get through the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals—all very solid teams. The Chargers, the Jaguars, getting there. The Jags look, yeah, those are all playoff teams this year. That I don't know if just Derek Carr going to Miami would be enough to make a difference. So you got to go NFC South if I'm any of those teams, and we already know. That One he didn't really interested. seem interested in the Saints. The, the Saints well, were interested. No, I think unless it, it was just something to do with the contract. Maybe I, I, I think he wanted it's a the contract. contract I, I don't
2: know. Like I do believe the Saints could still want him if they decide to change their co- the they way could, the contract works. The Saints works. definitely
4: want him. Does but he I think, want the Saints? Yeah, the Saints is not necessarily a great fit. We know Michael Thomas hasn't played in like three years at this point. He's their best weapon. Alvin Kamara is an aging running back. Their offensive line isn't that great. Their defense is mediocre. What would really be the appeal of going to New Orleans? Sean Payton's not there anymore. I mean, there's not really much there. I think if you go anywhere, maybe the Bucs, but, I mean, they're aging. So Carolina's got Frank Reich. Yeah,
3: the, the, the farthest any of those teams get is a division championship and then getting to host a playoff game. I don't think any of those spots are – making them a Super Bowl or conference championship with Carr in that situation as of right now. That's why you also got to put in the question, how big is the window for Carr
4: if he goes to a team like that? If Bruce Arians was still in Tampa, they would make a run. But I don't think with their current coaching situation, their offense, they have to find a new offensive coordinator if they haven't already. Um, There's some talent there where you would go and maybe have success, but we saw Brady couldn't even get it done this past year. So could Derek Carr go in there and do it? I, I kind of doubt it. Maybe Carolina? But they got rid of all their weapons. And if you and don't look there, better, do you, so you don't go know.
3: around the conferences, right? NFC East. The Giants probably, ultimately. I don't think Washington's going to do it. Eagles and the Cowboys definitely aren't. The North, if the Packers are moving on from Rodgers, does he go there?
4: But I think if they move on from Rodgers, the plan is, is that to they draft. don't – We'll probably keep Jordan Love. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Love, yeah. Because they used a first-round pick on Love, and not only that, but if you bring in Derek Carr, you're going to have to pay him similar money to what you were paying Aaron Rodgers. You don't really save anything. I think the the Packers' only reason they would want to get rid of Rodgers unless he were to retire is the fact that they would save money at the quarterback position. And in the Minnesota and Detroit, I don't think they're – really looking for a quarterback either because I think Goff played pretty well, and uh, obviously the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. So then you move on to the NFC West. I mean, Arizona's not really looking. The Rams are in kind of a weird situation at quarterback because we don't know what Matt Stafford's. That'd
3: that'd be an interesting Stafford's coming back,
4: so they have to pay Stafford. Okay,
3: Yeah. yeah. And then, then yeah. and then Seahawks are keeping Geno
4: after this year. Yeah, I don't
3: so, see why they 49ers, wouldn't. 49ers, they're, they're in a situation that you don't want to get involved in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I don't even fan know fan. what they're
2: going to do. I mean, we know Jimmy G's not coming back. <laughs> they that's said what, that last year. But Shanahan so. said it again this year, so who knows. Uh, one interesting move that's not official yet, but this coming out yesterday afternoon, is Shane Steichen. Is that how you said it? Steichen?
4: Shane Steichen.
2: Steichen. The new head coach for the Indianapolis Colts is expected to name veteran NFL assistant Jim Bob Cooter as the team's offensive coordinator. Sources told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler on Monday he was most recently the Jaguars' pass game coordinator, um, but prior to that, Cooter served as an offensive consultant for Steichen as at the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's most known for being the OC, uh, his first OC job. Was his first and only OC job was with the Detroit Lions from 2016 to 2018. It was terrible, wasn't it? How long ago yeah. was Jim? And then he was running backs coach 19 to 20. When his, was the uh, last Jets. time you've
3: really heard about Jim Bob?
4: Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, I just like
3: his name. Yeah, I, exactly. But like,
4: <laughs> I mean, even you heard it. Was the last
2: time you heard Jim Bob Cooter,
4: passing game coordinator for he a pretty existed. good team.
2: The Jaguars. Was it last year though? Yeah, this, okay. this last season, twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah but
4: Doug Peterson ran that offense. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. so being the pass what is that? Like, this is a title for Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I just saw that come across. That'll be an interesting hire to see what the Colts do. I mean, you bring in an offensive the Derek minded head. Of the Colts? You bring in an offensive minded head coach who's probably going to call plays, right? Yeah. You think Shane's going to call the plays?
4: Yeah, probably. I don't so think he goes AFC
3: since you're bringing that back up.
4: <laughs> I mean, that's a tough division in terms of the fact that the, Colts the Jags, I think, are the team now in that division, but it's just the Colts. Are the been, Titans? The Colts have just Failed been him. the team that has been like, hey, veteran quarterback on the market, they go to the Colts. It yeah. doesn't work out, but it's just kind of been like a funny trend.
2: All right, let's wrap things up for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Capitals in action tonight. You will join in progress their game after the High School Girls sectional game. Plus, uh, about a uh, Netflix sports documentary. That I just finished up last night, which I suggest people watch. Talk about that after this, this two-minute break. You're tuned in the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. I'm not,
6: I'm just
2: Hagerstown Ford. Over the last
6: decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, No dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details.
5: The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures. So
6: we've seen improvements in in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing. I worked
3: in the county. I worked in public school and that's what I knew. Um, And I knew I wanted to be able to give her more. So I would recommend this to anyone. You
4: know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, The the
5: family-like environment is exactly what she needed. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact.
1: Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
2: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by... The merriest Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy, call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. About uh, four minutes left in today's show. Um, let's talk some Capitals. They're currently 10th place in the East, um, but the real problem is it's the Caps have played a ton of games like four more or three more than the average team in the NHL. So and they've screwed. been losing them. They're kind of screwed.
4: That doesn't help either. Yeah.
2: No, but I mean it really screws them over that they played more games. Than I mean them. they're
4: all going to play 82 at the end of the day, right?
2: Yeah. But Washington favored in tonight's game against the Red Wings, which is at 7 p.m. Uh, we'll, we'll bring you coverage of the game from the Capitals Radio Network after the conclusion of EPAC girls sectionals. Both teams come in. Uh, in the mid twenties or mid to upper twenties in wins, That's uh, twenty eight, twenty four, and six for the Caps. Twenty six, twenty one, and eight for the Red Wings. Red Wings are twelve, ten, and five away. The Capitals are fourteen, eleven, and three at home. No home ice advantage really for the Caps. They're favored by one sixty tonight.
4: What if I told you the Capitals and the Wizards had the same record? Right, really. I mean, winning overtime finish. losses, oh, Okay, if you count those as just regular yeah, losses. They're, they're not a good true. They're both 28 and 30.
3: They have really fell off since
4: winning the Cup.
2: Yeah, yeah I heard uh, on the thing, I totally forgot it was a... Th-
4: but to be fair... They I haven't mean, won
2: a playoff series since yeah, they won the Cup. I know.
4: I'm not a you know, big hockey guy, but I do know a little bit. And I know that the Capitals were at the end of their window when they won the Cup, really and maybe had, like, one or two more years where they could potentially still win it again. So, to see this drop off too surprising. That's fair. Um, and now if Ovechkin out... Well, he's apparently coming right, back. Right, he's coming back, States but today. he's been gone for the last few games, and that's probably why they've not been very competitive. So, you get him back, and obviously they can make a run at the playoffs, but how far are they going to go in the playoffs? Probably not that far, especially if you're kind of relying on first one round. guy to... Yeah. Uh, be the the main thing that keeps your team together.
2: Yeah, but the Caps tonight, you can tune in on NBC Sports Washington if you want to watch on TV, or you can tune into the Capitals at the end of, they'll be on the radio here from the Capitals Radio Network at the conclusion of our Girls Hoops sectional game. Uh, But uh, one thing I want to touch on, I finished the series last night, the first season of the new documentary series, uh, Full Swing on Netflix, a golf documentary series that takes you through one full calendar year of, I like, PGA Tour, and it's pretty interesting because last year was the year that Liv started and all these players were leaving, so it kind of documents players that were leaving. So it's kind of crazy how, like, they're documenting them as a PGA player, and then boom, they're like, ah, no, we're leaving PGA. Or at the beginning of the year, they're like, ah, we're not going to leave, and then by the time the end of the year comes around, oh, we're leaving for the PGA, or we're leaving the PGA. And then kind of the last episode was pretty uh, it was pretty entertaining. It, it was the meetings that they had, those player running meetings that uh, that uh, were led by Rory and Tiger. And then at the end, a uh, little jab Phil Mickelson from Rory was pretty funny. Uh, but if you want to watch a golf documentary, it's a pretty good one. I'm assuming they're going to do another season. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Tune in to EPAC Girls sectionals tonight. Hedgesville at Martinsburg, 7 p.m. tip-off, 6.30
1: p.m. Uh, pregame show for Colin Nick. I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Point five FM and 740 AM. Talk radio WRNR. Martinsburg, Shepherdstown, Charlestown.